You've heard Travis and myself do shows together, but what happens when we're interviewed by other podcast hosts? I recently was invited to be a guest on Curious with Calvin Wayman to explain blockchain and cryptocurrency. Travis was on Flip My Funnel with Sangram Varhe, founder of Terminus, and he shared about the same topics. Well, in this episode, our producer, shout out to Aaron the Tech, creates a mashup of our two appearances in what's sure to be an entertaining and enlightening look at blockchain from each of our perspectives. I guess you can say Travis and I cheat on each other in episode number 82 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Hey, this is Aaron from Oklahoma City. You're listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Hey, bad. Oh, this is going to be an unusual one, Mr. Travis Wright. Uh, you know what? Most episodes are a little slightly unusual. This one is just slightly more unusual. Yeah, you know, both of us around the same time had gotten asked to be a guest on uh, different podcasts, and we went on and had a discussion. It was the first time for me that I was on another podcast explaining blockchain. You know, and I've explained blockchain over the phone to so many friends and family members, but this was a, you know, more formal interview. And I felt like, hey, I was really happy with this explanation and I would give this to somebody else to go, okay, here's, you know, here's what you need to know. And how did you feel about yours? Uh, well, you know what? I've known, I've known Sangram for a long time and he runs, um, he runs the, uh, the company called Terminus, which is an account-based marketing uh, platform for B2B marketers. It's really a really interesting platform. And he reached out to me and said, hey, I've launched a new podcast. Uh, called Flip My Funnel, wanted to know if I'd be on it. And I said, hey, yeah, he wanted to talk about blockchain because he was starting to get interested in crypto and blockchain, didn't really fully understand it and wanted me to come on the show and and not only help him with some clarity of the topic, but also to give uh, his audience, uh, the great folks there at uh, Flip My Funnel, give them the lowdown on what Bitcoin and crypto and blockchain and cryptocurrency and cryptography and all of the things that make uh, this space so fun. Uh, and then how that applies to marketers and how, you know, some marketers might be able to think about it and whatnot. So it came out pretty solid. And uh, you had an idea to um, actually we both actually had the idea at around the same time we were, we were talking about it and we were like, eh. and then so, yeah, let's bring in your episode, bring in my episode, mash it up and and then let the folks uh, of Bad Crypto hear us on other shows. Yeah, so this will be fun, and we issued a challenge to Aaron, our producer, to mash it up, to not just, you know, play mine, then yours. And by the way, we got permission from, you know, both of the hosts to use this audio, and we'd like to encourage you to go check out their shows respectively as well. There's links in the show notes to both Calvin and Sangram's shows, so go check out the other work that they're doing as well. Uh, but we told Aaron, go ahead, have fun with this, mash it up, and edit it and see what you come out with so we don't even know exactly what to expect. I'm pretty sure he was cussing the whole time. Like, these guys and their ideas and this crap. What a bunch of crap. Cryptocurrency. Ugh. <laughs> well, it is the podcast for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. And um, we like talking blockchain. We're glad you're here. We hope you that. We hope you that. Hope you that language speaks. <laughs> I w <laughs> Wording is so hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Enjoy the show. 
And now we're here with the eternal 12-year-old. Uh, my buddy, we bump into one another at different events here and there. He's also the host of the Bad Crypto Podcast, my man, Joel Com. How you doing, buddy? What's up, Cal? How are you? All right, Travis, my man, we finally get to connect again after a long time. So I'm excited <laughs> to really just chat with you. And I'm so glad we uh, were able to talk about something that has been bothering me a little bit, thinking that I have no idea what this is. Why is the name bad? Like, um, why is that on there? Well, first of all, we're not financial advisors and we're new to the space. We don't claim to be experts. I'm still not an expert, which is really ironic because okay. I'm getting asked to come and keynote, you know, these major events now mm-hmm. um, because I guess I have learned a little something. But I was uh, my I'm a Christian by faith. And there is a podcast out there that is a really irreverent um, spiritual podcast called The Bad Christian Podcast. Mm. Um, And it's a pastor and two guys from a Christian rock band, and they're not afraid to take a look at spirituality and the Bible and the Christian world. Actually question it and stuff like that. Yeah, through the lens of, you know, skepticism, asking questions, you know, not being anti, you know, religious, but asking real questions. And mm-hmm. and they call it the bad Christian because those in the mainstream religious community would say, oh, you know, these guys curse and, and uh, you know, they're questioning doctrine and um, it's not good. And I, I like the show. I think it's good to question things. And I was inspired by the bad. And I, I, one of these days I'm going to get to meet one of these guys and tell them, hey, you guys inspired the name. I told Travis, let's call ourselves the bad crypto podcast because we're putting right out there that hey we really don't know if what we're saying is right and we also have you know attitude in our show and you're highlighting that right we're telling people right out hey don't listen to us we're bad Uh, (laughs) and, and you know in the first episode when we were recording it i didn't know how to end it and so i just like spontaneously said stay bad well it's a catchphrase now. Every show ends with one of us saying, stay bad. And people, they when they write us an email and post on uh, on our Facebook page or um, leave us voicemails on the Bad Crypto Hotline, they all, they say stay bad all the time. It's mm-hmm. like, wow, this, this thing that just popped out of nowhere is now a thing. Isn't that awesome? Uh, Travis, help everybody understand who – like most of the listeners today are like you know entrepreneurs, B2B marketing, and sales professionals. Mm-hmm. Why is blockchain important? And before you explain what it is and you know how it works and, and some of these things, I love to learn myself. Um, I would love for you to kind of share, like, why do you think it's important for anybody to listen about blockchain instead of content marketing or you know all the other things that infographics or videos and all those things? Why is the blockchain an important part of marketing and sales uh, repository today? Well, I mean, I don't know that it's going to impact every single marketer. I don't know that it's something that every single marketer needs to pay attention to at this particular point. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, I love emerging technologies. I've always prescribed to that theory by Wayne Gretzky that says, you know, skate to where the puck is heading, right? Not necessarily where the puck is right now. Where's the puck going and start paying attention to that. So that is one of the things that I do. Now, you know, Don and Alex Tapscott, they wrote a great book called The Blockchain Revolution, and that would be a book that I would maybe recommend taking a look at. And they say that the blockchain is an incorruptible digital ledger of economic transactions that can be programmed to record not just financial transactions, but virtually everything of value. Wow. All right. So it's this open ledger, 
And then whenever a transaction happens, everyone who is who has a node or who has the software on their computer gets broadcasted that transaction. So if I send you ten dollars, mm-hmm. Sangram, I can't send that same ten dollars to, to someone else. It's not like an MP3 or a Word doc, right? right? That's where cryptography comes in. And so I can send you that ten dollars. Once I send you that ten dollars, the network will then check to make sure that I have ten dollars. And then now that I've sent that $10 to you, they ensure that I no longer have that $10. And now you have that $10. And now that transaction is now placed in this block. And now that block is now solved. And boom, it goes into the blockchain. Once it's been blocked, once it's been in that chain, it can no longer be edited. You can't censor it. You can't change it. You can't do anything with it. It is immutable and immovable. And it is, you know, we're in this world of fake news now, right? Where (laughs) that's a big problem. You don't know what's real, what's not real. This is the first time ever, maybe in history, that once something is placed in the block and it is placed in the blockchain, it's undebatable. Like literally, you can't argue about it and everyone in the world can actually agree that what's in this database is real. So you said 1,400 cryptocurrencies. So the the 21 million Mm -hmm. um, that are available, that's one currency Mm -hmm. that – out of all of them, right? Like that's Correct. one out of the 1,400, just Bitcoin itself. Just Bitcoin itself right. has 21 million. Is that right? Right. Yes. So there are a lot of possibilities. And every one of these cryptocurrencies are all part of the same blockchain technology. Is that right? No, no. There's multiple blockchains. So Bitcoin has its own blockchain, which its little brother Litecoin also runs on the same blockchain. But then the number two token in cryptocurrency market cap is called Ethereum. You may have heard of I've Ethereum. Heard of it, yes. So whereas Bitcoin is purely transactional, it's the only thing it's good for is sending or storing money. So kind of think of Bitcoin as digital gold, right? Okay. You're not going to Uh, You don't walk into the department store and they say that'll be $120 for this clothing and you hand them an ounce of gold, right? right? That that doesn't happen. Now, paying with Bitcoin is becoming more common. But if we think of Bitcoin as the the grandfather, that this is simply a store of wealth. It has no other um, application other than purely transactional. Ethereum is a different code that has smart contracts built into it. If then statements so that now you can program the blockchain to do certain things. For okay. example, there's a, there is a, um, a company called Musiconomy that we encountered recently and interviewed on the podcast. I'm not sure how they're doing right now, but their intent was to transform and disrupt the music world. You know, okay. right now, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, they kind of own you know, the music streaming world, iTunes. If you want music, okay. you have to go through one of these centralized gatekeepers. Now, right. who who loses out in, in that world? Consumer. Who doesn't get paid? Oh, well, and the, 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 yeah. the artist, right? Yeah, the artist. They don't get paid squat. I My understanding is that you have to have a million streams on Spotify to make $400. So this is like one reason why Taylor Swift says, no, I'm, you're not going to put my music on Spotify. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to take you know, yeah, a penny. Yeah, I remember that. It's not going to happen. And there's others that are doing that too. And these models are having a hard time monetizing. For the consumer, it's great. I pay 10 bucks a month. I get all I can eat, right? I don't buy CDs anymore. Totally. But the musician gets screwed. So what if 
there was a new platform that you could put your music on that if I wanted to stream and download your music, I would pay you in these tokens that go with this platform. And it goes and, directly to you with no intermediate like person, right? Right. Not only that, but because of the smart contracts aspect of Ethereum, I can co- it's coded in where I can say, oh, I want 10% of every stream you know, revenue that I receive to go to my drummer. I want 15% to go to my guitarist. I want 5% to go to my mother. Ah, light bulb. Yeah. On the fly, the moment that trends that – so you, I want to buy your music. I go buy. The moment that happens – That transaction takes place and the coins are distributed to all the accounts I designate right then. Here's another example for you, Calvin. There's a company in Australia called Power Ledger. A lot of people in uh, in Australia are using solar power just like they are in the U.S. Only uh, some people have a surplus of solar power. Uh Well, what do you do with that surplus? Right now it goes back to the grid. Right. In a lot of places. So here's what they here's what they're doing and what they're beginning to roll out. If you have a surplus of solar power, you can sell it to somebody else on on Power Ledger who no needs way. directly peer to peer, no middleman. And mm-hmm. it happens instantly. The transaction takes place. The energy is sent. So Boom. the grid, no. literally, the grid is like powered by this Power Ledger blockchain esque type of technology. Exactly. You got uh, it. Now, apply the same type of thinking to any industry. Think healthcare, right? Um, you know, how do we disrupt a broken healthcare system? How do we, you know, how do we apply this to uh, to video? How do we disrupt, you know, YouTube? How do we disrupt like Horizon State is doing voting? You want to solve voter fraud? Without worrying about voter ID, put it on blockchain. Oh my Everything gosh. is public, documented, one vote, one person, impossible to hack, impossible to fraud. Uh, it, it's the solution to the problem. And this is why it's not about Bitcoin. When you hear totally. that Bitcoin's dropped 50% or it's gone up 100 if you're thinking this is about money, you're missing it completely. This is about a technology that is the single most disruptive technology of our lifetime. And it's going to change your industry, whoever's listening. It's going to change your industry and it's going to personally change your life. And it's this going is why to decentralize everything. That's the goal. If governments don't come in with a heavy hand and try to squash it like, you know, they are, you know, in some places. Uh, But so far, you know, I think what's probably going to happen is um, that the governments are going to want to tax, you know, the cryptocurrencies, your gains and your losses. Those are taxable events. And the IRS in the United States is, you know, going to say, hey, we want our piece. And that's fine. They're, they're going to get it. You should pay your taxes. Be a good citizen. Matt, uh, so th- you gave me like two big ideas that I did not in- initially associate with like all of this uh, blockchain and crypto. One is that we're not talking about consumers. We're actually taking consumers and turning them into investors. And mm-hmm. when you think about it, as an investor, you're thinking that the value of what you just bought over a period of time goes on. So it's not like Delta Sky Miles, right? <laughs> you, know, in, you know, in a way... I have, uh, I'm like, I have a ton of Delta Square miles, uh, Sky Miles, unfortunately, so I travel a lot. And I feel like every time I use it, I feel like it's depreciating in value because everybody's like me over there. Everybody's in that priority chain and stuff. So it's never increases in value mm-hmm. uh, as much as it should given my travel because everybody else alongside seems to be traveling. But what you're saying is that if I had Delta Sky Miles as 
um, as Bitcoin, they would have increased in value. So the, as the Delta stock has been going up, I would actually feel the return of that and have you get more. A little bit of love, in the, right? Because that doesn't happen today. Like, I mean, the the investors got really rich. The yeah. people who invested in Amazon, they got really they got really wealthy. People who bought Amazon stock got really wealthy. But if I'm participating as a prime member right. and I'm buying X amount of stuff and I'm participating in their ecosystem, I'm not rewarded with any of their long-term financial gains. But what's happening now is this flip is happening where these businesses are becoming way more transparent. Yeah. They are, they're very open and they are willing to share in the, in the, the rewards to the, the, the community who helped them get there, which is Absolutely. unlike anything today. So, what, so we've said a couple of terms, again, crypto, blockchain, and all this stuff. So I am complete amateur in this whole world too, which one of the main reasons I wanted to have this conversation because I'm so curious about it. Cause honestly, it's like headlines everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember if I saw a Facebook post from you or somebody else on this, but it was something like when, when your cab driver starts recommending something, that's when you really need to be cautious, you know, <laughs> like, and, and that's how far it's gone. So I want to just take a step back. Like, being a complete novice, if you wouldn't mind, like explain like what the F is crypto? Why is it better to have crypto when there's nothing backed by it? Like everybody like threw a fit back in the day when the gold standard was no longer a thing, when right. actual currency was no longer backed by gold. Crypto is backed by nothing from what I understand. So I'd love to just kind of like in layman's terms, like how you mentioned your show is not very technical. Just what is it for those of us yeah. who are still well, – well, let me correct something. The saying that um, crypto is backed by nothing is actually incorrect, and I'll explain uh -huh. why in a moment. Um, actually, what we, you know, since uh, the fiat dollar or, or paper currency is not backed by gold, but by the Federal Reserve, right. it's actually real fake money. Um, <laughs> you know, because they just roll the printing presses. Do you know right. most people don't know that the Federal Reserve is not a government institution? Right. Because it says Federal Reserve, you'd think, well, this is the government bank. No, it's no, not. No, the government it's... goes to them, right, to get like – Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But it's the big banks that are the Federal Reserve, mm -hmm. and um, and basically they control the money supply. They decide right. how it is going to be into the economy, and they just print more. If you'll just imagine the printing press is just – choking out more and more money and wonder why whatever you know you would be able to buy for a hundred dollars ten years ago you know cost you two hundred now mm -hmm. it's because of inflation because the value of the dollar is it's collapsing gotcha. the value of all fiat currency is collapsing around the world look at Venezuela you know their their currency's gone down ninety five percent under their socialist leadership they've had there um, it, it's collapsing and yeah. so and that when you think of the supply of it, they keep putting more into supply, and so it, every dollar, every day, dollars are worth less and less. I uh, imagine crypto. with since crypto, you've really noticed that or, or dug into like other currencies, U.S. currency, other currencies, and noticed that how they're actually going down. Yeah, every everything is you know inflated from what it was you know years ago, and then if you jump back you know hundred years, remember you used to be able to you know buy a house. You know when I was a little boy, um, I think my parents paid maybe thirty thousand dollars for a, oh, you know thirty five hundred square foot home or something. No, and uh, that's awesome. You know 
It's it's 20 times that, you know, or more, depending upon where you are today. Same dollar. Why is it so expensive? Because of inflation, because they it's this big scam. It's a sham. <laughs> it's a flim flam. It is. And we've bought into it because it's how things are. Uh-huh. So the dollar continues to go down in value. In fact, if you're not investing in something that is bringing you, you know, a return of four or five percent a year, you're, you're losing money. You, just you're losing money. money. Yeah. You're yep. Just keeping it in your account and then paying you half a percent in your savings account, it's costing you money for them to hold your money. It's being mm. worth less and less. And so back in 2009, a uh, a man who nobody knows who he is went by the name Satoshi Nakamoto. Proposed. And people don't know if that's a person or a group, right? That's right. Just, nobody knows. There's that, theories. It's just that name. How do we yeah, know that the, name? It popped up somewhere online. Uh, it's on a it's on a white paper that okay. that came out in 2009 proposing a new type of <clears throat> digital currency that would be based on cryptography, um, digital money. You know, not like PayPal where we're sending dollars from one account right. to another. That's just transference of, of fiat. Talking about a new currency that would be decentralized. That is, that it would not be owned or run, maintained by any organization, organization. or institution. Uh-huh. So no company company, no government controlling it. It would be anonymous. So it's almost people, like the internet, right? There's not one it, organization it, that owns the whole web. We all are the right. web. Is that, That's would right. that be a fair comparison? Um, yeah, kind, kind of close to that. Although you could you know, debate that governments do kind of control and regulate just as they will with cryptocurrency. And you could say that, well, you know, the telcos really own the internet because without their bandwidth, you know, gotcha. we, we don't have a pipeline. Um, so there's always, you know, somebody that has a little more power than somebody else. But the idea here is that this a Bitcoin, this coin would be anonymous mm-hmm. um, and that it would be decentralized. And here's the thing. It would be a limited supply. I love that, man. I think I think those are all really good, good points. And I feel like, you know, for people who are listening to this, they might still wonder, like, how do I use blockchain in my day-to-day life? Like, can I sell products that I actually have? And I think what I'm starting to learn about this, especially on this conversation, that big organizations like Disney and, and the consumer organizations are already starting to move in this direction. Mm-hmm. And we think about if that's the next new currency of the world, if that's what's going to happen, then it's, it's probably not too late before from a B2B perspective, people may be buying products uh, as a result of this. So knowing what it means, not only just from a financial perspective, but also just from a ment- you know the thought process perspective mm-hmm. that looking at your customers as investors not just consumers, I think that could be a, a really, really big idea. Yeah. And there's a lot of companies now that are doing stuff within the data space, right? To make it, to ensure that we own our own data. Like with the whole problem with that big hack that happened with Equifax and everyone's right. data, right? I mean, most of our data, if you were in Equifax, if you have a, a credit report that you've ever ran on yeah. Equifax, yeah. most likely your data is now on the yeah. dark web. Yeah, I it's mean, happening. it's there. Somebody actually was able to use my data from that breach on the dark web, was able to contact T-Mobile, act like they were me, and get them to switch my phone number over to their device in Illinois Wow! uh, by using my social security number that they pulled off of the dark web, right? Wow. They were trying to get my crypto. Uh, They were trying to log in. And what happened was once they were able to log log into my phone, 
Well, then they could, you know, if I had that two-factor authentication where I'm, I'm using an SMX a text right. to verify, well, they were able to get into my Gmail. They yeah. were able to get into my TravisWright.com email. They were able to get into my Apple. They were yeah. able to, to, to hack my Twitter, right? Wow. And they were trying to get into my Coinbase account because they thought I had some crypto that they could steal. Yeah, uh, but I keep all my crypto sort of off of my computer. You don't want to keep your you don't want to keep it on a computer or on those exchanges if you can. Yeah. But that's a whole different different conversation. But one thing you do want to do is if you start getting involved in crypto, is make sure you contact your phone company because you want to make sure that they can't do a SIM card swap to another phone without your permission in person at the freaking store with your freaking yeah. ID. Like literally, <laughs> nobody can do anything on my account now without. Yeah me going in there with my ID and saying, I am me. And they're like, wow, I've never seen an account locked down like this. I'm like, yeah, well, I caused a little bit of a storm. for Yeah. <laughs> this is, again, my first real conversation I've ever had with it um, at this point. But it sounds like it's actually, in so many ways, actually backed by like something way bigger and better than like the Federal Reserve. Because that there's a, a small number of people and with it being like a system that like like how it has to like unlock and be validated by like six computers at least right like it's like the the power is in the hands of the of the many not like in a limited few would that be like a a correct assessment it, it is now to some degree um you know the miners are the ones that you know there there is some centralization but how uh, many miners least- are there isn't there like a bunch of them there's thousands, yeah, but yeah. here's here's the deal. Like, let's say they want to upgrade the code so that it gets okay. faster because there's actually some issues with Bitcoin right now that it's been slow to transact, that the fees are getting um, unreasonable. And so there are people that are saying, well, we should make it faster by increasing block size. There's others that say we should make it faster by including this piece of code. And the goal is for them to come to a consensus and agree on this is what the next iteration of the code is going to be. Now, sometimes they don't come to consensus and a group of people will say, well, we're going to do this. And what mm. they do is something called a fork of the uh, the currency. Have you ever heard of Bitcoin Cash? Uh, I've seen it floating around somewhere. So Bitcoin Cash is a recent fork that some people hate because of what they've implemented. And but a some group people, of people said, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And so basically what they do is they copy the entire blockchain. So imagine taking the mm-hmm. entire history of Bitcoin, including how many have been mined and how many are left to be mined, make, going Control-C and then Control-X. And then mm-hmm. at that point that they copy it, the code changes going forward. And so now it's a completely new and separate currency that functions differently than its parent currency. And so Bitcoin Cash is one of those, and it's currently the number four currency in market cap. You know, where Bitcoin is trading at about 11700 at the moment, Bitcoin Cash is about 1800 And it, it's, it's a different – it functions differently in terms of the code. And so there's a number of forks of different currencies out there and there'll be more coming some will be improvements some will just be money grabs and that's why you know anybody getting into crypto you need to understand what you're doing and you know from my point of view personally and i'm not a financial advisor i'm i'm banking on the technology how can people find you and how can people learn more about what you do 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, you can find me. I'm on most all the channels. If you Google Travis Wright, I pop up most everywhere, but I'm TW on Twitter. Uh, Joel Com and I, we host the Bad Crypto Podcast. And uh, we're one of the top 10 podcasts in the world ranked now on investing. One of the top 200 podcasts in the world now overall. And we just started this thing in July. And, you know, in five months, we had 1.25 million downloads on this thing. And uh, we actually created our own coin called yeah. bad coin oh wow i had no idea yeah so we've been giving away bad coin for free to all of our all of our fans and listeners and it's worth nothing right now but we have something in the works that could uh, potentially change that uh, as it all as we move forward down this whole crazy blockchain rabbit hole but uh, so we're having fun where if somebody wanted to connect deeper with you personally or just follow you like facebook instagram snapchat or anything like that what's the best place to, uh, to i'm at, at joel com everywhere so wherever platform you prefer uh and uh if you go to badcryptopodcast.com you'll see we have a contact link on there where you can reach out to myself and travis and the show perfect all right brother well joel it's been a treat uh thank you so much for coming on and giving us some info and yeah excited to to be on this ride and to to go deeper and to learn more so thank you so much for coming and starting the conversation my pleasure. Stay bad. Well, Travis, I don't know what that sounded like because we're recording this ending before we've actually heard how the episode came out. Well, I've heard my episode and I've heard your episode and I can imagine that how they're going to sound mashed up. Uh, it's not like a typical remix that you might hear on your favorite jam in the club, but it is a bad crypto remix. Well, what's really funny is everybody who's just heard this heard this before we've actually heard heard it <laughs> i like how you just said sure travis we'll put yours on there too i haven't heard it but i'm sure that it's good and so thanks for the trust it's got to be good you're you're uh you're full of awesomeness uh, and yes. the uh the reviews for your um performance on the blockchain cruise continue to be awesome you are top of the charts my friend the poppermost of the top the toppermost of the poppermost as the beatles once said and uh, thank you for the kind words. Top of the fart. The top of the fart. The <laughs> he who smelt it, dealt it. Top that. Well, everybody, thanks again for listening. Be sure to engage and interact with us on the Bad Crypto Mastermind Group, the Telegram. Call us, write us, send us crypto. Copious amounts would be nice. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Until then, stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.